TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Diesel, I'm seeing this cat at Coastal. This picture you sent me, that's hilarious. It is. That is absolutely hilarious. So this is their football coach, Diesel, and he's taking a shirtless picture on the beach with the dance team at Coastal Carolina. Yeah, this is at the bowl game in Hawaii, and the coach is standing shirtless. He's wearing, you know, he's wearing trunks. They've got Chauncey, the Chanticleer mascot, the human in a plush mascot. And then flanked on either side, there's probably 10 or so bikini-clad dance team members. Now, I just once in my life would love to take a photo like that. But you really shouldn't. You really shouldn't. You know that's not going to go over well. A dude in his 50s who's the highest paid employee on staff taking photos with with students, female students in bikinis, probably not a good idea. <laughs> Every it's guy listening to me right now is saying, dude, I wish I could take that photo. Yeah, we all want to take that photo. You just don't do it. You, what, like when you're one of the highest paid state employees in the state in which you work, that's generally like not not a great look, not a great look. You know, it's the whole subordinate thing. If the quarterback right? does it, fine. Just not the coach. Can't do it, man. Can't do it at all. Okay. So um, I want to share this with you guys. This blew my mind. And by the way, great to have you with us. Happy New Year to you and yours. When are you, when should you stop saying Happy New Year to people? Like how many days does that end? By next week? By the end of the month? When do you stop saying it? I'll tell you, I'm still saying it. Uh, but I saw this last week and it, uh, it really kind of went viral. And it wasn't even my graphic, but I appreciate the fact that these guys, these guys did their research. Uh, TJ Altimore did his research. And what he has is the graduation rates from the last eight years of football teams in college football. What percentage of each team graduated? And what a story this posts. Now, before I get to the individual numbers here, I'll bring you back to something we were told last week. Do you remember Georgia beat Florida State 63-3? to What did we hear? It is the culture of the Bulldogs. Florida State could only be so lucky to have our culture where players want to play on the team and Florida State players quit when they didn't get their way. 
That is what we were all told, right? I never want to hear another peep about Georgia's culture. 16 driving-related instances, a multitude of arrests, and then, my friends, this, which is, let me see here, (coughs) the lowest number by far of any FBS football program. Georgia posts over the last eight years a graduation rate of 41%. What is Clemson's? 99%. That's best in all of college football. So you see, like Dabo Sweeney will tell you, it's not all about wins and losses. He doesn't want to just have a hired assassin on the team to help the team win. Dabo Sweeney is doing it his way. He's about what's best for the kids. And just about every single person that goes to Clemson is graduating. Yeah, somehow the University of North Carolina managed to graduate 112% of its student athletes. (laughs) Diesel, I I, want to share with you the lowest graduating rate from each conference. And then I want to compare that to Georgia. Uh, UCLA, worst in the Big Ten. I'm never going to get used to saying that, UCLA in the Big Ten. 64% 64% graduation rate. Uh, Florida State, worst in the ACC. 69% graduation rate. Houston, worst in the Big 12. 67% graduation rate. East Carolina. Oh, boy. Angela, sweetheart, my wife went to East Carolina. Cover your ears, babe. 67% graduation rate. There's a reason they call it EZU. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Hawaii in the Mountain West, you know why they have a low graduation rate? Because if you're kicked off the team, you can't afford to be there. 68% graduation rate. Uh, Bowling Green in the MAC, 71% graduation rate. The Sunbelt Conference, if you had to guess, Diesel, who has the worst graduation rate in the Sunbelt Conference? Um, I'm going to guess and say that it's Georgia State. Georgia State is in the bottom third, Diesel, but they're not the bottom. I'll give you one more guess. What do you got? Is it Georgia Southern? Oh, I know that you would that would warm the cockles of your hearts, <laughs> but it is not. It is not Georgia Southern. Actually, there was a tie there, but they're listed as second to last. Last place is Southern Miss and Georgia Southern, seventy percent graduation rate. Conference USA, Sam Houston State. I mean, think about some of these schools, right? Middle of nowhere. Uh, nobody pays attention to them. Sam Houston State, 67% graduation rate. And then the homeless schools. UConn, Oregon State, Washington State, and UMass. UMass has a 70% graduation rate. Nobody has a graduation rate lower than 60% over the last eight years. Georgia's is at 41%. My friends, how the hell is this okay? And I had a bunch of Georgia fans who don't know what else to say. They drop Cardell Jones' line. They go, we didn't come to play school. We came to play football. But so did they at Michigan. They did that at Michigan. Michigan's got an 89% graduation rate. They came At the very school that, Ohio, that uh, Cardell Jones said that, Ohio State. 
87% graduation rate. Florida, 92% graduation rate. South Carolina, 90% graduation rate. Alabama, 93% graduation rate. How in the hell do you explain to anybody that you have a graduation rate of the last four years of 41%? Like, what are you doing there at Georgia? And spare me, I never want to hear about your culture again and how players want to play for you in your bowl game ever again. Like, that, that is the worst thing I have ever seen in my life. So it brings me to this question for you, Clemson fans. Is this part of you satisfied? Do you feel proud and content about the way Dabo does things? Are you okay with stats like this being great, even if it means you never win another national championship? Because graduating players clearly isn't a priority for Georgia. I don't even know how you explain this. I mean, this is part of the Mark Richt era. This is part of the Kirby Smart era, mostly Kirby Smart era. This is embarrassing. I gave you the lowest single school in every conference, and no one is even close to what Georgia is doing right now. How about Clemson leading the way every school in America 99%? I mean, that's got to make you damn proud. Damn proud. If you are a Clemson Tiger fan, does it not? 99% of players graduate. I realize that um, Will Shipley just declared for the NFL draft. um, And Diesel, yesterday at this time slot, we had on Don Munson. And Don Munson predicted in this time slot that Will Shipley would declare for the draft but leave his options open. I read the Shipley piece. It sounds like he's gone. Like it's, it's, you know, Munson sounded like, Declare for the draft, probably return to school. I mean, that's what I took away from it. I'm not speaking for him. I read Shipley's piece. It said, it sounded, thank you for the time, I'm moving on. That's, I mean, that's the way I read it. That's the way it sounded to me. You wonder if Will Shipley, has he graduated yet? I don't know. Is he going to come back, get his degree? I don't know. Do I understand why Will Shipley left? Yes, I do. Because the shelf life of running backs is so small now. You know, if you are lucky enough to have a 9- or 10-year NFL career at the running back position, why waste 10% of it? You know, if you get 10 years, why make it 9 years? Why not go and get those earnings now? But if you're honest with yourself, right, and I know, like, those people in the business that are, like, pro-Clemson and everything is about the player and we got to be pro-player, and I know there's some people at our competitor station that are doing this today, and they are extolling the, the, the virtues of, um, of Will Shipley and showing you all that he did, seventh in Clemson history and rushing touchdowns and total touchdowns, three straight years in the top five in ACC all-purpose yards, tenth in Clemson history and career kickoff yards. Guys, let's stop putting lipstick on the pig. Will Sh- you know, people are doing that because they don't want the narrative to be that he was a disappointment. Will Shipley's career at Clemson was a disappointment. Is that fair to say? I mean, I believe that was fair to say, right? Yeah, he was touted as being this all-everything guy, and he was was decent, but great. Like 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 
think think back or, or predict where Clemson fans will rank Will Shipley in the pantheon, just in their emotional connection to running backs at Clemson. He won't even be in the top ten. Yeah, Diesel, they won't remember him. He'll essentially be forgotten. I don't, I don't, yeah, it would be like, oh, yeah, that wasn't a great era for Clemson football. You know, Will Shipley, zero playoff berths. Zero. Will Shipley, routinely, I mean, he played for Clemson this year. Clemson fans were saying to me, we lack explosivity in our running back room. Well, he's your guy. What is that saying? Right? What is that saying? Like, why are we the only show that can come out there and say his career at Clemson was a disappointment relative to the hype? Why can't you say that? Uh, Texter says Georgia players must not be speeding to class. <laughs> Texter says they're graduating into crime and alcoholism at Georgia. At least that's what I've seen. Texter says all their players go pro after their junior year. Look at how many Georgia players have been drafted over the last three years. Texter, like, you're just wrong. They've got a lot of players that declare for the pros, but so does Michigan. So does Florida. So does Alabama. How do you explain that Alabama's graduation rate is 93% and Georgia's is 41%? These numbers have to include all the guys that come back and finish up school after, even if they leave early, correct? Yeah, right. So Georgia guys aren't coming back. They're not finishing. Texter says Stetson Bennett attended Georgia twice and went to school for six years and still didn't graduate. Like, how? You know, like Georgia fans will want to defend this. Well, 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 our guys are going pro. Yeah, other teams' guys are going pro. What's How, how are they twice your graduation rate? How, how are they? Texter says it's Mafa time. Shipley won't be there to snipe his carries. Go Tigers. In fairness, Texter, it's the coaching staff that's giving the carries, not Will Shipley. All right, coming up next, it is a crazy NFL playoff picture. We will tell you how it all shakes out. My name is Mark Ryan. He is Diesel, and we are the Fan Upstate. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice-cold reward. Medella, the Markable Fighter. 
Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. What's good, my friends? It's Offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel. And we are the fan upstates rolling on until 7 o'clock p.m. today. Awesome to have you guys with us. Texter says, Mark, if 60% of Georgia guys went pro, I, then I think everyone would excuse the graduation rate. But it's not 60% going pro, right? It's a very small number are going pro. And yet everyone wants to have an explanation, but they can't explain how other schools who sent a ton of guys to the pros, Alabama, Michigan, Ohio State, Clemson, have graduation rates at or around or above 90%. Like, legit, how do you explain that? There's really no way to explain that, right? I mean, there's just not. 844-326-3663 is the number to get to us on the show today. And the text line is there for you at 71307. Just start your text with the word fan and away you go on the show. My friends, we've got an insane week coming up of NFL football. An insane week. All right. Now, I had a hell of a time, and I'll, I'll bring you guys behind the curtain here a little bit, had a hell of a time putting our schedule together, okay, for this week, because we always, on Monday or Tuesday, we put out the schedule of games that are going to air for the coming weekend, and none of the networks that we look at knew what games they were going to have on Monday. That's five days before the games are played. They got games on Saturday and Sunday. Why? Well, because they have a pecking order, kind of like bowl games have a selection order and they get to pick their teams. And no network knew what games they were going to get because we were waiting to see what games were going to have playoff implications on the line. So Saturday, we've got the Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers. We've got the Indianapolis Colts and the Houston Texans. These are games that uh, are, are, will be televised on Saturday, January 6th. And on Sunday, you have your full slate of games. But here is what is fascinating, is how this whole thing is going to shake out. And it is rounding into form, right? In the AFC, you've got the Ravens, who have already clinched their second-round berth. Why? Because they have a bye in the first round. So in the AFC, you've got the Ravens, who are in. You've got the Browns who are in. You've got the Dolphins in. You've got the Chiefs in. Those are four of your seven AFC playoff teams. The Bills are at a 93% chance to get in. The Jaguars are at an 81% chance to get in. Then you've got a hodgepodge. You've got a cluster, you know what. The Colts, the Texans, and the Steelers. Colts listed as a 61% chance to make it. Texans 39%, and the Pittsburgh Steelers are at 26%. You have got the Bills are likely in, right? And then you got two spots, the Jaguars, the Colts, the Texans, and the Steelers, two spots for four teams. So what are the scenarios there? What are the scenarios there? And you got to wonder and worry a little bit about Trevor Lawrence's health. Jacksonville clinches a, the, the division title if they just win at Tennessee. They should win at Tennessee with or without Trevor Lawrence. 
Okay? They also can make a playoff berth uh, if they lose and Pittsburgh loses, Denver loses, and there's a Houston and Indianapolis winner. All right? But um, if they lose and a bunch of other things happen, Jacksonville's out of the postseason. How about Indianapolis? Indianapolis clinches a playoff berth by beating Houston. Stop worrying about anything else. Indy loses, and they're almost certainly out. Houston, I think, is a bit screwed. Uh, Houston needs to beat Indianapolis on the road and needs Jacksonville to lose at Tennessee to win the AFC. If Houston wants to make the playoffs and not win the AFC South, they need a win, a Jacksonville loss, and a Pittsburgh loss to win the AFC South. That is that is Houston. And then you've got Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is just hosed. Pittsburgh needs a win and a Buffalo loss. Or they need a win and a Jacksonville loss. So if they win and either Buffalo or Jacksonville loses, Pittsburgh is in. Pittsburgh gets Baltimore. Baltimore is not playing Lamar Jackson in this game. Anytime you need a tough win and relying on other people to lose, I don't feel great about you, but Baltimore's kind of doing like House of Pain and packing it up, packing it in, let me begin. That's what they're doing right now. How about the scene over in the NFC? I came to win. Battle me. It's a sin. Yeah. How about the scene in the NFC right now? You've got a scenario where the 49ers have already clinched round two. They are your one seed. The Lions are in. The Cowboys are in. The Eagles are in. There's four of the seven. Then you have the Rams who have clinched a playoff berth. That's five of the seven. Two berths left. You've got the Bucks with a 75% chance. You've got the Packers with a 72% chance and still clinging to life. The Saints at 24%. Seahawks at 21%, and yes, the Falcons at 8% chance to win. Vikings at a 1% chance to win. So how does this whole thing shake out? Dallas wins the NFC East with a win this particular weekend. Just win, baby, and you are in. Dallas is at Washington. Tampa Bay clinches the NFC South with a win. Tampa clinches a playoff berth if they don't lose and Seattle and Green Bay loses. A tie in those two losses. Uh, Philadelphia can clinch the NFC East. They won't with a win and a Dallas loss. Green Bay can clinch a playoff berth. All they have to do is beat the Bears at home. Do that, you clinch a playoff berth. Why worry about all the rest, right? Why worry about it? Seattle needs a win and a Green Bay loss. All right, a win and a Green Bay loss. New Orleans can clinch the NFC South with a win and a Tampa Bay loss. They got that last week. They beat the Bucs last week. They're not doing so right now. I think New Orleans, best quarterback in the division, hosts the Falcons this week. I think they're going to be on the outside looking in. Minnesota needs oh boy they're they're just i mean i credit to them man kevin o'connell great job no quarterback all year they're at detroit this week at detroit 
They need a win over Detroit, a Green Bay loss, Seattle loss, and a Tampa Bay loss. Good luck. And uh, Atlanta can clinch the NFC South division title with a win over the Saints and a Tampa Bay loss. But who does Tampa Bay play? Oh, that's right. The Carolina Panthers. Oh, I'm, I'm so, so sorry about that. So anyway, folks, that is your playoff picture. What do I think is going to happen? I think Indianapolis is going to get the seventh and final playoff berth in the AFC. And I think Green Bay is going to get the seventh and final playoff berth in the NFC. Then when you consider what the playoff picture looks like uh, heading into next week, I think Indianapolis is going to be a tough out for either Miami or Buffalo. And I think Green Bay is going to be a tough out for either Dallas or Detroit. That's how I see it. What say you? We've got Chris Phillips joining us next right here on the most interactive sports talk show anywhere. It's Offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel, and we are the Fan Upstate. It's Offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel. We are the Fan Upstate. Texter wants to know, hey, Mark, what are your next couple of uh, Ingalls live show locations? Next Wednesday, the 10th, Warren H. Abernathy Highway in Spartanburg. January 24th, Locust Hill Road in Greer is where we will be next couple of locations. Appreciate you asking. Hope to see you guys out there. Happy New Year to you and yours. Texter says, Mark, my dad was a Georgia alumni and booster and used to say Georgia doesn't care about two things, round balls and school. (laughs) Round ball. Texter says, Mark, I disagree with your comments saying Shane Beamer's program has no identity. Um, Going into year four, we know this is the identity. Terrible coordinating hires, embarrassing emotional outbursts, being a transfer portal stepping stone, and missing a bowl game with the most talented QB the program has ever has ever had. But we shouldn't just focus on the good things, right, Texter? Shouldn't just focus on those things. Oh, my gosh. You guys got to be kidding me. All right, joining us right now. Uh, before we get into the topics at hand, you guys know if you listen to our style, I like to lead into an interview with a question. I'm not going to do that today because congratulations are in order. He is, it's our friend Chris Phillips. You always hear me tease Chris Phillips as being with the Spurs Up show. But Chris Phillips has rebranded the Spurs Up show here entering the new year. It is now SEC Unfiltered. Why would he do that? Well, wouldn't you be in a bad mood if you had to talk Gamecocks all day long? Why limit yourself to that? You know, like, I never thought, guys, that I could ever accept a job where if, like, the team changes their sock color... That's three hours of your show. You know, like I would never want to just be pigeonholed into talking about, uh, you got it. Hey, man, the, um, the lacrosse team won the conference championship. There's your whole show. I don't want to do, I don't want to host in that area. Like that's not me. I want to talk about different things, different stuff. It's cool if you have area teams of interest. But my man has spread his wings. It's now SEC Unfiltered, and uh, he's going to be joining us now. What I don't yet know is what happens to our spot with Chris in the sense that, like, I like having a Gamecock insider on the show. I'll have to talk with Chris about 
what that means and how that looks, so on and so forth. But congratulations are in order. Chris Phillips, Happy New Year. Big things for you coming in 2024, my friend. Can't wait to see how you guys execute this year. Welcome to the show. Yeah, Mark and Diesel, I appreciate you having me, man. And thank you so much for the congratulations and the lead-in. I hope you guys had a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And, uh, you know, Mark, to, to answer your question on air, uh, because as you like to say, there's no differentiating an off-air conversation and an on-air conversation, yes. if you will. But, uh, no, listen, I, I mean, I would tell everyone, you know, I had uh, and have entrepreneurial goals and visions and dreams, and I, I've gone in detail on this on, on social media and on YouTube and on our podcast, so I won't – you know, bore everyone with the details. If you want to know more, go back and, and watch those. But, you know, just it really simply came down to it's something I've been meditating on for nearly two years. And anybody who ever followed our content knew I was someone that while I am a Gamecock fan and I still am, you know, I just enjoy talking ball. And I love the SEC. And I love college football. And I love college sports and sports in general. And, you know, to the point you made today, Mark, you know, obviously felt the opportunity was there to expand just outside of a South Carolina market. But, you know, the question you asked, Mark, I'm still a South Carolina guy. You know, naturally, a lot of my interests are going to lie with the Gamecocks. And, of course, they're in the SEC. So, we can talk Gamecocks if you like. We can talk SEC. We can talk sports, whatever it is, man. I, that's the beauty of the conversations that we have. It's like I told you on my show today, man. I, I love the fact that, you know, we can kind of discuss and ha have banter and conversation about whatever we want to. And it seems like it always turns out great. So, I appreciate you guys having me on yet again. And uh, excited to chat. Is... South Carolina, a stepping stone school. It feels that way right now, Mark. I mean, it does to a degree feel that way. I mean, I, I don't know that I'm willing to go that far quite yet. Um, but, you know, when something happens one year, right, you write it off as a one-off. When it happens back-to-back -back years, you know, it slowly starts to become a trend. And we've seen South Carolina now these past two years, these past two transfer portal cycles, um, you know, be affected negatively by the transfer portal. Now, let's give credit, right? You're able to reel in Rocket Sanders, the running back from Arkansas. You've got some other nice under-the-radar pickups, I think. Certainly, you haven't done anything like an old Miss has done, which nobody has, to be fair. Um, I mean, heck, we're hearing right now, Mark, you know, and the portal stuff's not over with the Grayson Puff Howard stuff happening literally yesterday. Uh, there's rumors flying around right now. I think it was just reported that Brady Hunt, who was a Ball State tight end, He's actually flipping, which, Mark, you know things are crazy in college football when we have transfer portal flips. Guys go into the portal, they commit somewhere, and then they flip like they're still in the portal. It's the weirdest thing ever. But apparently now this just came out today. He's flipping to Texas A&M. I guess A&M hired his tight end coach. But I'll say this, Mark. I don't know that I'm, willing to ready. I'm ready to call South Carolina a stepping stone school. But what I think we're realizing is, you know, when NIL and Transfer Portal was rolled out, we thought of it as this thing for many schools as, oh, it's another way to compete. It's another way that we can differentiate ourselves and we can win and we can achieve. And I think what a lot of these schools are realizing, Mark, is it's, it's just another thing you have to overcome, right? It's another thing for a school that if you don't have the financial backing of some others or you're not exactly as desirable location as maybe you thought you once were, it's just another thing that you have to overcome, right? We talk about the challenges for a school like South Carolina in recruiting, whether it be lack of history or, you know, the location or whatever you want to say, being located between Georgia and Clemson. Like, there are real challenges when it comes to recruiting at South Carolina. Now it feels like NIL and the fact that players are, on, are essentially on one-year contracts, that's just another thing that Shane Beamer and company have to overcome. And, 
the transfer portal give it, the transfer portal take it. But it does seem like it's a scary reality to think that every single year you're going to have to kind of wait on the edge of your seat to see if your best players even come back next year. Uh, before we get to Diesel's question for you, Chris, I, I just want to mention, as this is a family program, I'm going to need you to f- refrain from using the words Ball State tight end in secession mm. ever again mm, on this my show. Apologies. Okay. Just you know, we have kids. We have kids listening to the show right now, Chris. So please be mindful of that, okay? Indeed. <laughs> he is Chris Phillips, owner of SEC Unfiltered on Facebook, Twitter, various other platforms. You can find his work. Chris, I am uh, bestowing upon you a lot of power right now. I am making you czar of college football. You have ultimate power. If people don't like your decisions, you can throw them in the gulags. What SEC program or programs? are out of place in the conference, and if you could boot them out, where would you put them? And I caution you against just easily saying Vanderbilt because in the words of Judge Smales, the world needs ditch diggers too. Every conference needs somebody to finish last, somebody that you can beat up on, but you got to pick somebody. Who would it be or where would you place them? That's a great question, Diesel. If I had to pick someone, let's see. You know, I'm not going to say Vandy because, to your point, like you mentioned, nobody takes Vandy because everybody likes beating up on them. And I'll also say this. I like Clark Lee a lot in their program. And Vanderbilt football, actually, shout out to them, sent us over a game-used helmet and a football. And so I'm really appreciative of those guys. And I, I feel really – think really highly of, uh, of Vanderbilt right now. So I appreciate them. I, I would probably say and we've got to make a good trade, right? So I'd probably trade – Maybe a Mississippi State and a Kentucky, I, probably those two. Um, you know, I, a couple of years ago, I probably would have said Missouri because they've always sort of felt like the the oddball, right? They're not a fit. But with their latest success, I think it would be really, really unfair to tell MIZ to go kick rocks. Um, I don't know. Mississippi State kind of just feels like they're just there. You know what I mean? And they're probably a program, too, that would be open to the idea. I know they've had some success, but it, it's quite an uphill climb in what was the SEC West. Now we just have one big division. And so if there's two schools for me, I'd, I'd probably go Mississippi State and I'd go Kentucky, again, if I'm thinking in the East and West mindset. I know we're out of that with moving to 2024, no more divisions. And if I'm trading those for two, I'm probably going schools like North Carolina and Virginia. I think, you know, if you're thinking from an SEC mindset, what's best for the conference, you know, getting market share in both of those states, owning both of those states, right, the state of North Carolina, the state of Virginia, now, all of a sudden, you have viewership in those states. I know the SEC has viewership everywhere, but those are still considered ACC country right now, which I think is why, to, to Mark's point, he's talking a lot about Florida State, SEC, maybe why the SEC doesn't feel like they need to go get FSU because it's like, okay, we already have the state of Florida thanks to the Florida Gators. So uh, those are probably the two that I'd go with. I mean, I, I have no beef or gripe. Or I, I love these all you're trying to – Make me pick somebody to kick out. I'm like, man, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to befriend these fan bases, and you're asking me to kick somebody else. This is a, this is a great start for sure. But uh, yeah, those would be the two, probably State and Kentucky, that just don't really do a lot for me. So, man, but, if, wa- know, if walking a tightrope yeah. was an Olympic sport, you yeah. you'd be right yeah. there on the pedestal. Heck of a heck of a ballet I just did there <laughs> he, for sure. He's getting his politician training in right now. You yeah. know how to evade the uh, how to evade the, uh, the the brutally difficult questions. Here's another one for you, Chris. Is there any excuse for entering year four for South Carolina and not knowing what the identity of the team is? Like, it's year three for Florida. I can tell you that Billy Napier wants to be Michigan in the SEC. He wants to be dominant on the lines of scrimmage, right? He wants to have a fierce pass rush, great offensive line. He wants to make just enough plays in the passing game. 
He wants to be the most physical team in the country. That's what Billy Napier wants to do. I don't know who the hell Shane Beamer is, is trying to be, what he wants to be. They can't run. They don't have an offensive line, right? They, they didn't make a bowl game with the most talented QB that's ever stepped foot on campus. But we shouldn't just focus on the good things, Chris. How can you explain having no identity entering year four? Mark, to your point, it's inexcusable. I mean, it really is. I mean, I, you know, and the South Carolina fans are honest with themselves, too. I don't know if you're – typically you would think you're harder on your own program versus not, but I feel like a lot of Gamecock fans are really hesitant to be critical of Shane Beamer's program because they love Shane Beamer. They still have fond memories of 2022 and what the Gamecocks did down the stretch there against Tennessee and Clemson. But any other program, Mark, if you were talking about it, you would agree and say it's flat-out inexcusable. And I go as far as to say, too, that – you know, looking at the 2024 season, if you don't find an identity and you go five and seven, you know, I, I think most Gamecock fans would tell you that Shane Beamer will be and, and maybe should be back in 2025. But for no other program, would you sit there and say, okay, you have four gimme wins if you go one in seven in the other eight games, one in seven in games that aren't just kick in, shoe in wins, one in seven in those games is, it should get you fired, right? But I don't know that many people are going to go on record and say that. So, again, back to your point, Mark, that not having identity is inexcusable. I mean, I'd say the only identity they have right now is, you know, they're clinging to Beamer Bowl, you know, being special on special teams and trying to win games that way. But I think what this past season taught us, Mark, is that and, – and what my biggest fear was for South Carolina going in was you just cannot rely on that year in, year out. Also, their identity defensively with takeaways and getting the ball off of people and winning the turnover margin – you can't rely on that year in and year out either. Those are things that take a certain amount of luck, if you will, Mark, right? I mean, it's, it's coaching and talent and being in the right place, right time. But there is a luck aspect to turnovers and special teams plays and stuff like that. And sometimes you have to win games in conventional ways. And that's, Mark, where they lack an identity. You know, I think, I think offensively, I think I know what they want to be. I think they want to be as balanced as possible, probably 60-40 throw to run, if you will. But – they just necessarily don't have the guys and they haven't been able to adapt or at least could not do so last year. And then defensively when they're not getting the ball off of people, I mean, they literally Mark had so little an identity. They had to completely reinvent the defensive scheme halfway through the year. So to your point, Mark, no, I would agree. It's, it's inexcusable. And it's, you know, it's when, when Shane Bieber was hired, you knew that it was something where he was going to have to, to learn on a job and find an identity, but it shouldn't take, going into year four should it take four years should it take five years how long is the leash and you know i think obviously the patience wears thin for those in garnet and black as the days and of course the years go by chris i want to take an, an opportunity here to uh, congratulate you on a big leap uh expanding what you do from from the spurs up show to sec unfiltered and i understand that it's still very very early i think you just made this switch over just a few weeks ago uh, or, or not even that long ago. But uh, as, as you've expanded your scope to the entirety of the SEC and the tiny little window that that's been active and live, what fan bases would you say uh, you've made the best inroads with that you've had the most positive interactions with? Yeah, Diesel, that's a great question. Yeah, we officially launched on December the 27th. I mean, it's, it's been like a week and a half. Uh, Ole Miss fans a, a lot because of, they've had a lot of success in the transfer portal of late, also winning the uh, the Peach Bowl. So we've talked to Ole Miss a lot, and, and uh, I think those folks have really taken to the, the commentary, if you will, 
Uh, Tennessee fans, you know, it's interesting, Diesel. Tennessee fans have followed my content for a really, really long time, like a lot of Tennessee fans. I think one of the reasons was early 2022, that actually was a source of inspiration for the whole SEC Unfiltered Initiative when I went to Knoxville with a group of buddies, and it was a South Carolina Tennessee baseball series. But I really got along well with, you know, my buddies were Tennessee guys, and we had a really good time in Knoxville. Of course, the ball swept South Carolina. That may have been why they, they liked me so much, but – um, no, I, it was, you know, had a great relationship with them, had a really good time in Knoxville, excited to get back to a game. Actually, this fall, we'll plan on going to a game in Knoxville on Rocky Top. Uh, kicking off the season, by the way, just a quick side note, in Gainesville, uh, for, uh, Mark's stomping grounds for Florida-Miami, and want to get there, obviously, and experience the swamp before the realities maybe the That is a total must win, <laughs> Chris. That's a, that's a total yeah. must win, dude. That's no, a total be a, must a great win game. for the Gators. We, We've had a couple yeah. Gator fans also trickle in that are new, but I would probably say Ole Miss to this point has been the the largest contingency of folks that I, I notice that are tuning into the show, that are following along, that I'm interacting with, and you know I, for good reason, right? Again, a lot of a lot of good times right now in in Oxford, and good times for Hottie Toddy, and they're certainly enjoying it. And we're talking about it a lot, and so. Uh, that, I would probably say Ole Miss fans right now. But, yeah, that, that's going to be the most rewarding thing or one of the most rewarding things, Diesel, is interacting with all the folks. And, again, that's really where the inspiration came from is, is going to Tennessee back in early 22 and, you know, seeing how folks reacted to the content we were making for specifically South Carolina. And it really got the wheels turning of, hey, if this can work for one team, why can't it work for the rest of the league? So uh, really excited for that aspect of it, no doubt. Chris, I just want to make sure there's no boop, boop, I want to make sure there's none of that going on here. So let's lock you in first of the year. Okay, I believe we discussed this, but I just want to make sure there's no there's no hedging. Okay, hedges only exist in Athens, Georgia, not here on offsides. Do we agree? Do you and I have a gentleman's agreement that the markers for the Gamecocks in 2024 are as follows? Seven and five or above success. Six and six disappointment five and seven and below failure are we in agreement on that my hand is extended chris you just can't see it waiting for you to shake my hand yeah i agree with that 100 percent, mark i think absolutely um i mean there's no way on on no planet can you say not making a bowl game is anything other than a massive failure right like i know that and you and i both know that south carolina fans and the South Carolina program, the expectations aren't exactly through the roof, but you, you got to have some sort of standards, right? It's, it's okay to expect more than the bare minimum. So uh, five and seven or worse would indeed be a failure. I would say you're spot on with six and six would be, you know, you'd be happy to get to a bowl game, but it'd be a disappointing year, no doubt, because to your point, again, you have and, to I, and I guess, Chris, there. I guess, Chris, to kind of to kind of interject here on, on that is that I, I've been bothered at the number of South Carolina fans who are saying six and six is success. That's 50%, dude. Mm. Like on, on a test, that's an F. It, yeah, like if, even if you have low expectations, six and six being 500, right, is the very definition of mediocrity. And you got way too many Gamecock fans saying the picture of mediocrity is success. I got a problem with that. And to your point, Mark, I just keep going back to, again, there are four kick-in wins on the schedule. And we're talking about, what, Old Dominion, Wofford, Vanderbilt, and I think the other one's Akron. Like, those are four gimmies. They're literally, with all due respect to Vandy, I know you got to go to Nashville, but let's be honest, if South Carolina's losing to Nashville, 
or losing to Vandy, I think Shane Beamer should be fired if that happens. Like, truly, genuinely, like, we're having a different conversation. So that's four wins. Like, is two and six against the legitimate part of your schedule, is that good enough? Is three and five good enough? Can you get to four and four in those other eight games? Like, there's just no way you can sit there and label and say two and six in the other eight games. I know you're an underdog in most of them, or will be, but you can't sit there and say, I, certainly I agree with you, Mark, six and six. You, you should not be throwing a parade. Uh, I, I think you, you know, you tip your cap to the standpoint of, okay, with a true fre- – or basically a true freshman quarterback, a redshirt freshman quarterback, first-year guy, Lenoris Sellers, um, you know, the schedule that you have, you're able to get back to bowl eligibility and at least steady the ship setting up a pivotal year five. I would agree with you, Mark. Seven and five is the goal because it means you probably won the ones you were supposed to. Maybe you sneak up, you, you pull an upset here or there or somewhere, and I think you, know, you have some, some encouraging signs along the way. But, you know, how it happens too, Mark, is important, how it looks, right? If you go seven and five and you get blown out in those five games, how, how good do you really feel, right? Same thing with six and six. So if you, have, if you go six and six and you have six really tight losses, really close losses, you're not throwing a parade. You're not saying it's a success. But you know as well as I do, like, context matters. The way it looks matters. And, again, certainly to echo your point, there's no no universe where five and seven or worse is anything other than a failure for the 2024 season. Chris, not in terms of calendar date, but in terms of number of attempts, who will South Carolina beat first, Oklahoma or Texas? That's a really good question. Um, I'm going to say, I think Oklahoma. I, I think Texas is a little bit further ahead of where Oklahoma is. Um, so I'm going to go with the Sooners. I'm going to go with the Sooners. I think they get Oklahoma first. Um, could that maybe be a game this year that at OU it's going to be really tough, but it's, you know, later in the season, middle of the season. They, they actually have them and Oklahoma back-to-back road games, which, my goodness, I mean, it just, you know, a, a gauntlet. But either way, everybody has a tough schedule. Um could they maybe pull the upset there this year? You know, uh, Jackson Arnold taking over a quarterback for Oklahoma. I think they're going to be supremely talented, so I wouldn't count on it. Um, but I think it's more likely Oklahoma than Texas. So I, I will say the Sooners. Chris, Shane Beamer just tweeted out a welcome home yet again. Your best guess as to who he's talking about. I mean, I'd have to imagine it's a transfer portal guy. I, I'm, you know, I, I know they've had a lot of visits lately, so I do see that four minutes ago. Yeah, Shane Beamer. Um, maybe it's a running backs coach. Like, I don't know. It, it does sound like they, they've locked in or zeroed in on a guy. Uh, it's sounding like it's going to be Jeremy Smith, the running backs coach over from Arkansas, which will make a lot of sense because he was Rocket Sanders' running back coach at Arkansas. So could it be a coach potentially? If it's a player, again, I think it's a transfer portal guy. You know, they did just pick up over the last 24 hours an offensive lineman from, I believe, North Carolina A&T, if I got that correctly. Um, so I, probably somebody from the portal, Mark. I, I couldn't tell you exactly who because they, they've had a good number of guys visiting, and I'll have to talk to my people and see who that is. But, uh, no, certainly the Gamecocks need to continue to work. You know what I mean? They need to continue to build and grow and, and add talented football players because I, I still think they have major question marks that have not been answered, right? I mean, Mark, you know, it's interesting zooming out. And when you're in that localized perspective, you know, every pickup's a big pickup and every guy you're kind of selling the upside. I, I feel like when you take a step away from it, you zoom out, you can really just look at it for what it is. And 
you, you start looking at it from needle movers, like who really moves the needle outside of Rocket Sanders. And I think the North Texas kid at running back, I think they picked up a couple of decent pieces on the defensive front. But, like, has South Carolina done anything to make you think of them differently going into 2024 to where they flip this room or flip that room or flip this room? Have they come out net positive from the portal? Maybe in some areas, yes, but I think they still have a lot of the same question marks, guys, where it's going to be, can they block for their quarterback? Will a young quarterback thrive? Will a young quarterback flourish? And what are they going to get defensively? Because they had talent last year, too, guys, and they were one of the worst defenses in the SEC. So I don't know who it is, but certainly they need to continue to build through the transfer portal. And I think that's probably who it is, the portal edition. Now the owner and founder and host of SEC Unfiltered. Why cover one team when you can cover 16? Chris Phillips. There you go. There you have it. We will talk to you next week, pal. Congratulations on all of your blessings. Have a great start to 2024. Mark and Diesel, appreciate you guys greatly and look forward to having many conversations like these throughout the 2024 calendar year. Appreciate you guys. All right, we've got the top five at five coming your way next here on Offsides, the Fan Upstate. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Got clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love. Hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.